The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, what's going on? Well, thanks for being here. This is The Shaleen Show. It's Friday if you are a follower of The Shaleen Show. So if you have an Apple phone and you listen on the Apple podcast, you'll notice now they've kind of changed things. It doesn't say subscribe anymore. Now you follow a particular show. So do me a favor real quick. If you enjoy The Shaleen Show, which I hope you do, maybe this is your first experience, but either way, just go back if you're listening on the Apple podcast and make sure that you're following the show. If you're following the show, then when I release a new episode, it'll show up in your feed automatically and you don't have to worry about missing anything. So just a little bit of housekeeping to make sure that you are following or subscribed to The Shaleen Show. And I just want to thank you for being here. I'm Shaleen. This is The Shaleen Show. And today I want to talk about gut instincts. The reason why I need to talk about gut instincts today is because I can't stop thinking about gut instincts. Thanks for, you know, just putting up with me, figuring this stuff out. If you listen to my episode I released earlier on Wednesday, you can tell, obviously, I'm like in the middle of this and trying to figure it out as I go. And one of the most effective ways, aside from therapy, I personally find myself able to process things is by talking about them with you. This is almost like a form of journaling, having a podcast. If you've ever thought about having your own podcast, you should. If for no other reason, it will help you process. It'll help you keep track of things. It helps you work through things. It helps you remember things. Like one of the reasons why I recorded everything that happened to me with my plastic surgery experience just, you know, a few short days after having that experience was because I wanted to keep record of what happened. I wanted to remember it. I wanted to, while it was fresh. And for the record, I did not include every part of the experience in that podcast. And I did that because for a lot of reasons. First of which is it was really personal and embarrassing. And also I wasn't sure what to make of some things that happened. And I didn't want to, should people figure out who it was I was talking about, I didn't want to, (sighs) hmm, let's just say I didn't want to go there. Anyways, the thing that I continue to think about is I just keep flashing back to all of these images and the thought process that I was having, like my internal voice and the questions I was asking myself, you know how you do that? Like, you know, we all do this, right? You pull into a parking lot and you see a man and a woman arguing in their car and you glance at them and then you look away and then you think to yourself, uh, was that nothing? Should I stop looking? Should I pay attention? Should I walk over there? Is this argument becoming something more serious? Am I being nosy? Am I being a busybody? Am I being selfish to walk into the store and just ignore that it looks like that argument is 
escalating, you know, and you have these little conversations. They're almost like questions that you have in your head. And so for me, I just keep flashing back to all of these like scenes. I'm calling them scenes, but they're really, they're like memories, right? So I keep flashing back to these like quick little memories and they feel like movie scenes where I can see and smell and hear and I can picture facial expressions and I can picture what's happening. And at the same time, I can also remember the thoughts I was having. And I keep replaying that, obviously, because I don't ever want to be in this situation again. This certainly isn't the first time in my life where I had a gut instinct and I quieted that gut instinct and then later realized that I shouldn't have. And I know you've done this too, right? There's been times where you're like, this just doesn't feel right, or this person rubs me the wrong way, or you meet someone and you don't have a great first impression of them and your instinct is not to trust that person. And then you talk yourself out of it. We've all done that. And every time I have done that, which isn't too often, I like to say, really, it's very rare that this has happened. But when it does happen, it throws me and it probably throws you for a loop. This has happened where I've, again, misjudged someone and thought like, I think I can trust this person. But there were those little red flags and those little questions you ask yourself like, this doesn't seem right. And then you dismiss them. And then once you realize that your first instinct, your gut instinct was right, I don't know if this is true for everyone, but it is for me, then I kind of get, I don't want to say mad at myself, but I definitely want to figure out why did I dismiss my gut instinct? Why did I choose to move forward even though something was telling me something wasn't right? So I've been spending a lot of time thinking through that, processing that, of course, forgiving myself. Like, you know, I want to thank those of you, especially those of you who are in the pod squad. So if you listen to The Shaleen Show, after an episode releases, I mean, unless you're listening to it like with a friend in your car, there's like really no one to talk about it with unless you're in our pod squad. And it's a free Facebook group. And in order to join it, you just need to know how to pronounce my name, which is Shaleen Shah. Not Shar, not Shay, Shah, Shaleen. Anyways, it's kind of cool because I love the way you guys connect with each other and we'll say like, this part resonated with me or I disagree with Shaleen in this part or I just want to say this to you, Shaleen, or it's just cool. It's kind of like a book club, but for the podcast. Anyways, many of you talked about after listening to, I think it was Wednesday's episode where people mentioned this, that that you've got to forgive yourself and you've got to have grace and you have to understand that even very strong, confident people who normally would trust their gun instinct these things still happen. And I do forgive myself. I'm not angry with myself. I just want to understand why I heard those questions so loudly in my head. And I'm just like, bam, 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 bam. My brain just keeps flashing back to all these moments where I was literally arguing with myself. And my brain was saying, this is wrong. This isn't right. This doesn't feel right. You're uncomfortable. This is like all the things that my brain was saying. At the same time, I was having this other conversation with myself, trying to convince myself that it was okay. And so I want to understand that. And I want to talk about it because I think this is really important for you to talk to yourself about this and also your kids. Okay. So I've spent probably the last week 
understanding gut instinct and why some people pay attention to it and why others dismiss their gut instinct. So there's a lot of reasons why we do this. The first is a pretty big one, especially if you're a parent. So if when you were a child, you were either reprimanded or you got in trouble or you were criticized when you had your own opinion about something or you were always wrong or it was never good enough, psychologists have found that you are likely one of those people that when you have a gut instinct, you replace those thoughts and questions that would otherwise protect you with doubt. And you have shame, shame or doubt around those thoughts. So if you meet someone, you go, I just don't trust them. I don't believe them. I don't think they're a good person. You'll have that thought and then your own self-doubt kicks in. So if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if I like this guy. I don't don't know if I trust him. The person who had a childhood where their own opinions or their own beliefs or their own intuition was discounted, that adult then does the discounting themselves. So they'll automatically like poke holes in their own gut instinct, if that makes sense. Or worse, they feel shame about it. Like they literally feel like I'm a bad person for having these thoughts or these feelings or having this gut reaction about this person. I must be a bad person. Like you feel shameful for even thinking that way. The opposite, however, is often true if when you're a kid, your parents, you know, if you had an opinion or a gut instinct or an idea or a belief, if you were supported, if you were validated, if you were heard, if you were understood, if you were listened to, then it's very likely that you have become an adult who tends to feel really good about your gut instinct. Like you don't question yourself. You know, and you have this confidence about your own beliefs and your own intuition. Okay, here's the other reason why we often will discount our own intuition. And that is fear of missing out. And when I read that, I thought, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because that definitely played into my own discounting of my gut instinct. And I talked about this, that, you know, even though like every alarm was going off and it was just like warning, 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 like every bell was being sounded. But I also kept thinking about the fact, I haven't mentioned this in the past, but When I went and did my surgery, I went in with a friend, and that friend had their surgery just three days after me, and their experience was identical. And that really played into the whole experience, and here's why. We both started questioning and bringing up to each other those red flags, And I don't know if it's groupthink or what you want to call it, but we've since talked about it. We kind of talked each other out of those ideas like, well, it's just because I have to be super vague right now because I just do. But there were certain things that I would say, well, that wasn't right. And she would say, yeah, but maybe it's because fill in the blank. Or she would say to me, I didn't feel comfortable with this particular thing. And I would say, you know, but what if it's because blah, blah, blah. And I think because we were both, again, 
had scheduled the surgery to happen at this very specific time. And we both had talked about how like it was just the most perfect timing and we couldn't believe that we were so lucky to, that the surgeon had this particular date available. We just couldn't believe it. Like it was too good to be true. There's a big sign. So I think part of it in the back of my head, and I know she's mentioned this too, that if we were to have backed out, that fear of missing out, literally the fear of missing out on this very specific date that was the only time in the next year that it would be possible. You know, like I'm not going to try to justify it. And I know there are people who are listening who don't get it. And you're thinking to yourself, that's just foolish that you would put yourself in harm's way because of fear of missing a particular date. I realize that. But I'm not going to judge myself because it's part of the subconscious. The other reason why many of us will discount a bad vibe or red flags or intuition or whatever you want to call it is because of the way we view ourselves. In other words, I'm sure you've had this happen where someone says, I set my purse down and now I can't find it. I think that guy stole it. And then there's that person who says, I put my purse down and somebody must have just picked it up and taken it to the front to lost and found. Because your brain or the way you view yourself is so positive and you think about your own moral compass and how you would behave. So you can't even imagine that somebody would do something so unethical. So if you're that kind of person and you just can't imagine that somebody could be evil or cruel or unethical or could even do these things, then it's hard for you to even give validity to that instinct or that intuition that somebody might have done that. Like right now, I'm thinking about, I've got a few friends who are, they're kind of like conspiracy theorists, you know what I mean? (laughs) The people are like, do you know that people in Hollywood are, they have these parties where they eat babies and you're like, (laughs) what? You know, there are those people who they like literally believe that to be true. And I'm just telling you right now, I could be presented all kinds of evidence that it's true. And I would still say there's no way. There's just no way because my brain couldn't even possibly imagine being that evil or disgusting or whatever. So my brain just doesn't accept it. And so there's a part of me, too, that when I this is like, I don't know whether you want to call it positivity or the way you view yourself or whatever, but like there's a part of me that when I hear or see or think someone might be doing something wrong or evil or immoral or whatever, part of my brain says, there's no way. People are good. People are kind. I'm misinterpreting this. And I will sometimes catch myself and almost like feel bad that I'm having a negative thought or that I have a negative intuition about somebody because it is my nature to believe that people are good. When we believe we are invincible, which is especially true for your kids. So moms and dads, I really want you to pay attention to this. And I want you to talk to your kids about this. When we believe we're invincible, the fear of being harmed or hurt or even being killed, we don't even think that's a possibility. So we dismiss it. I think about the things that I did as a teenager that I don't even know how I'm alive today because they were so dangerous and so risky 
and I knew they were dangerous and risky, but I believed I was invincible. This is especially dangerous for those of us who don't fear risk. Like, I don't fear risk. I like adrenaline. I like taking chances. I like living on the edge. And as I've told you guys before, that's kind of a problem. It's probably one of the reasons why I have so many concussions, because I always think, well, I'm going to live through this. It's going to be fine. You know, I will put myself in a position where I'm like, well, I'm not going to die. You know, and I'm not talking about this most recent experience, but there's been other things where, again, as a teenager, and frankly, many times even as an adult, I'll do things where I'm like, just go for it. I'm not afraid because in my mind, I think I don't worry. So because I don't worry, I probably do dismiss that fleeting thought that's like, well, there is a good chance you could die doing this. You know, like just getting surgery in general. There's a percentage of people who will die just because they're going to surgery. Anytime you go under, that's a real possibility. And that has never been a fear of mine. It probably should be. You know, I think I do need to pay attention to that. And I want your kids to think about it too, because you aren't going to live forever. And accidents do happen. And you do have to, and of course, you should live your life. You should live your life to the fullest. I don't want you to live with limitations, but it's just prudent to evaluate risk. Okay. And one of the last two reasons, and these are the two big reasons why many people will feel a gut instinct. So let's talk about, you know, what is a gut instinct? You know, you could look up a definition and Google it, which I did. And I don't know if it adequately describes it. It says it's a, it's a feeling. Sometimes you get it in your gut and that's why they call it a gut instinct. You feel something in your stomach. For some people, it's like goosebumps or it's just a sense, an intuition. You can't put your finger on it. For me, and I didn't see this in any definition online, but for me, it is a question. I can literally hear it in my head. It's actually a series of questions. I will start asking myself, does this make sense? Does that add up? Why did they say that? Why did he do that? What is going on? Is this normal? So there are questions. And that's how I know that my subconscious is trying to get involved with my conscience. It's trying to tell me, it's trying to alert me that something isn't right. And this is incredibly important for us to pay attention to it. So when you start asking yourself those kinds of questions, that is your subconscious trying to track what's going on. It's trying to make sense of what you're seeing, of the experience, of the pattern, of the surroundings, of the risk. That is your subconscious trying to make sense of what's going on. So teach your kids that if they hear those questions, teach yourself. When you hear those questions, don't quiet them and don't try to come up with an answer that is in the best interest or you're coming up with an answer so that you don't offend someone. So I think a big part of the reason why I found myself in this most recent situation is because all those questions I was asking myself were valid questions. I should have paid attention to the fact that I had a lot of questions and they were coming rapidly. And some of those things I was thinking weren't even questions. I was saying to myself, this is wrong. This is wrong and I know this is wrong. So I've got two choices here. I can leave, I can run, I can say something, or I can find a reason why this isn't wrong. It's just different. This person just is doing things differently. And as I reflect on the experience, I realize that it was 
had a lot to do with the authority and how vulnerable I felt. When a woman is completely nude and there are one or two or three or multiple men of authority in a room, that's a pretty vulnerable state. Especially when the men are the they're the experts. They're the professional. They're the person who you're supposed to put your trust in. From the time we're young children, we're taught to respect authority. You know, doctors, lawyers, policemen, firefighters, teachers, like clergymen. These are people of authority. They should be revered. You don't talk back. They're the expert. And that's been ingrained in us since we were young children. That's pretty profound. Make sure, I mean, have a conversation with your kids about this stuff, right? Like, we don't need even someone of authority. We don't need their approval. We don't need them to like us. We don't have to please them. We don't have to do what they say just because they are, quote unquote, the person of authority because no one has authority over me or my body other than God. And in this situation and in previous experiences in my life where I discounted my own intuition, when I think back on it, it's the people pleaser in me. I allowed my desire, my, I guess, desire, my need to want to make other people feel comfortable. I allowed that to override my own level of comfort and safety. I realize that like this is really tied into people pleasing. And I'm trying to pick up on that pat. I'm trying to make note so I can improve, right? I'm trying to really pay attention to times in the past where I've done that. Like I didn't feel right about something or I knew something was wrong or I knew someone was doing something wrong. And instead of confronting that or taking an action that might make that person feel uncomfortable or feel ashamed or whatever, be offended, instead of doing that, I chose to do nothing. And it's not often, but it has happened. And I think that also played into part of this experience. Now, I did become argumentative. I did, I don't want to say like fight back, but I did speak up. And I didn't care that I was offending this person. And I continued to do that until I felt like I better stop doing that because I was about to be operated on. And that seemed like making that person angry was a bad choice. But more importantly, I want to look at myself and my own history. I know I've said this many times that I can't even believe this happened. Like when I think back on everything that happened, I can't believe any of it happened. But when I break it all down and understand where my thinking was and how my thinking has been shaped by my childhood, by my past experiences, by my, you know, desire to be liked, by this thing that I have inside me where I always want other people to feel comfortable. I shouldn't say always. I'm okay with making you uncomfortable if I think it's in your best interest. I'm okay with making you uncomfortable if I know it's in my best interest. But in this particular situation and in others, for whatever reason, I have decided that that person's comfort and safety was more important than mine. I just have to pay attention to that. I just 
have to be aware. I have to be self-aware because I need to be better. And that's what life is about, right? Is like figuring out where our missteps have been and understanding how we can improve, course correct, and avoid those things in the future. And you can't avoid mistakes if you don't admit that you made them. You can't undo those mistakes. Like as many times as I think about what happened, it's not going to change what happened. The past is in the past. But if I think about it and understand how I can respond different in the future, if I think about my life and my history and other times where I didn't listen to my intuition and I take painful inventory of why those things happened and what I was thinking and what was my motivation and what was going on? Was it the positivity? Was it fear of missing out? Was it how I view myself? Was it feeling vulnerable? Was it feeling invincible? Was it because I wanted to be liked or I wanted to make somebody else feel comfortable? Like just really examining those things so that the next time I'm in a situation where I start hearing questions, I start hearing questions in my head, I will not be slow to make a decision. All right, so I want to end this by giving myself a little pat on the back and congratulating myself and like just kind of being proud of the moment that I made the decision to leave this doctor's care and seek the care of another surgeon because I did start to question myself like, oh gosh, this is going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to explain this to the original surgeon I'm going to have to forfeit money. I'm going to have to forfeit treatments. I'm going to have to take action and it's going to be really uncomfortable. I'm going to have to go into a new surgeon's office and I'm going to have to explain what has happened and explain why I didn't go with them originally. And that's all going to be really uncomfortable. I had those thoughts. I had those questions. But this time I didn't pause. This time I asked myself the question, what do you need to do to be safe right now? And then it was like instantaneous. As soon as I switched the question, Instead of asking questions to make up excuses or to, I guess, explain away behaviors or something else, the question I started asking myself is, what is the best thing for me? And then it allowed me to make an instantaneous decision. And in that moment, I didn't care who I offended. I didn't care what money I was going to lose. I didn't care about anything other than my own personal safety. And then I called my friend and I told her what I had decided to do and how I had resolved and it, there was no going back. I was just 100% committed. And she said to me, what do I do? And I said, I don't know. I can't make that decision for you, but I think you need to ask yourself, where will you be safe? And then it was an instantaneous decision for her too. So maybe that's what we have to do. We have to ask ourselves sometimes like, Am I safe in this situation? Because oftentimes that's what we're talking about when it's intuition. It's like, am I going to be safe in this situation? Is this person safe? Is this opportunity safe? Is this the right thing? And when it comes to your gut instinct, if you have to mull over it, if you have to think through it, if you have to convince yourself, that probably means you're going against your gut instinct, which is rarely a good idea. I mean, What's the worst case scenario if you listen to your gut instinct and you don't follow through? Worst case scenario is you missed out on the opportunity. So what? As they say, rejection is God's protection. Listen to your gut instinct. Please have this conversation with your kids, even your grown kids. You know, I know a lot of you are the same age as me, so you've got daughters who are in your 
in their teens and maybe even their early 20s. Man, I mean, gosh, I think about so many things I did in my early 20s that I'm so lucky, just pure luck, pure luck that I'm alive here today, that I didn't find myself in just horrific situations because I just got freaking lucky because my gut instinct was probably right and I just got lucky. So have these conversations with the people you love and I hope that that means you're going to have a conversation with yourself about this. I hope you'll remember this episode. I hope that you remember that no one matters more than you. Who cares if you've offended somebody? Who cares if someone's got more authority, more expertise, more power, more fill in the blank? Because you, you are what matters. And no one's going to advocate for you the way you need to advocate for you. You matter. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for processing this with me. I hope this has been useful to you. I love you. I mean it. And hey, maybe I'll see you inside the pod squad. Thanks for listening.